Timothy 4 verses 10. We're going to continue where we left it this morning. So nice to see you, Brother Paul. God bless you so much. Amen. And the kids. Hallelujah. Amen. And thank God for your life. Amen. Amen. There are many things to talk about and many things to say. However, though, you must always choose to speak about those things that being or in those things that are important and those things that have less value or no significance, you don't need to speak about it, amen. The scripture makes us understand, amen, that we must not involve ourselves in pointless uh, debates, debates that have nothing to do with your salvation. Do you know sometimes you can debate and it's actually pointless and you're looking at this debate and you're wondering why are we really debating about this? Why are we really talking about this? You believe Jesus is coming. <laughs> I believe Jesus is coming. Let's settle on those few things, amen, rather than to debate whether the, the Greek or, or the right word or the right interpretation for repentance is change your mind or change your ways. Let's, let's, let's just agree, amen, that Jesus is coming, hallelujah, and he's coming for a perfect church, amen. He's coming for a church that is without spot or blemish, hallelujah. So, amen, and you are that church, amen. The Bible says that, that know you not that your body is a temple of God and the spirit of God dwells in you. And Peter, I think that he, is, he calls us the ecclesia, the called out ones. Amen. I see you being called out. Amen. You are being called out. Many of us enjoy this morning's service. Amen. It is such a blessing. It's so nice to see Brother Anthony. God bless you so much. Amen. Amen. And Cohen, we haven't seen him for long. Bless you so much. <laughs> but I see where you've been. It was like you were missing in action. <laughs> You're around. <laughs> Bless you so much, amen. Uh, are you in Second Timothy chapter 4? Amen. We're going to look at verses number 10. We're still talking about backsliding. Amen. How many of us like this, this series of backsliding? I mean, I tell you, you'll never be a backslider again in Jesus' name. Uh, you're not saying it with excitement. I said you'll never be a backslider again in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. You're going to be standing strong. Hallelujah. Oh, yes, we have to. Amen. We have to. We have to hold the faith. Amen. We have to keep on keeping on. Hallelujah. Second Timothy chapter 4, verses number 10. So the scripture says, For demons have forsaken me, Having loved this present world and is departed unto Thessalonia, Crescent to Galatia, Titus unto Dalmatia. And he says, only Luke is with me. So he mentions a couple of people, but there's an emphasis on this one particular person. And this emphasis on Damus. And he says that Damus has deserted. He doesn't say that others have deserted him for the present world or for other things. He says, Damus has deserted me because he loved this present world. 
doesn't say the other guys, he doesn't give an excuse of why they deserted him. But this one here, because it was important, he deserted me because he loved this world. It was either he was chasing money. Have you ever came across people that chase money? Yes, they, they lovers of money. And they don't say that I'm a lover of money because to say you are a lover of money is kind of actually a bad thing for a Christian to say. No Christian would say, hey, I'm a lover of money. But deep down on the inside of you, somebody messes with your money. Mm. Yes. If somebody owes you 50 rand, you're already on social media. Pay back the money. Pay back the money. You're like, Jacob Zuma, pay back the money. Why? Because nobody messes with your money. Amen. Because some of us would say that we're not lovers of money as an excuse. But we need money. <laughs> but we won't say we're lovers of money. We'll just use it, I, I need money. But most of us, we are deeply in love with money. Yes. You feel like something's missing in your life if you don't have a 20 rand or even a 50 rand in your pockets. You feel like, hey, man, like something's wrong. You're a deep lover of money. The scripture makes us understand that we must not be lovers of money. Now, the scripture says the love of the money is the root to all kinds of evil. It's like access point to evil things. Amen. But you realize that in the body of Christ, the church loves money too much. That's why it's so difficult for us to give. Yes. Because we love money. Yes. But Paul says it like this. He says that I've learned to be content in all situations. Whether he says I've had much and I have nothing, but I've learned to be content in it. But we are living in a society, it's called a rat race. When you get some, you want some more. And when you get that much, you want some more. And it's just like a cycle. Every time you get, you want more, you want more, you want more. Why? We always use the excuse as well. The cost of living has increased. So we use that excuse, we need more, we need more. So inside of us is that drive, is that thing. If I say to you, if somebody gives you 50,000 rand now, I'm sure there's 50,000 things you can do with that 50,000 rand. Yes. You understand what I'm trying to say? Is that because already in your mind, things that are unnecessary for you, things that you don't need, you know when somebody has money, they pull out that new techie. They pull out the new Gucci or the Versace, or maybe they'll, try, they'll come with their new car. Oh yes, you know, and some, I'm not saying these things are bad, please don't get me wrong. What I'm trying to say is that once money becomes your driving force, that money, you become a slave to it. Yes, you become a slave to it. So the scripture makes us understand that he loved this present world. And most of us love the things of the world so much. You see your neighbor with a 32 inch, you tell yourself that I need a 50 inch. <laughs> you see somebody with a 50 inch, you say, hey, there's a, something called a smart TV now. You can watch internet off TV. And so you, you start to desire these things, even though these things are nice. But it's like, it's something that pulls you and draws you. To the point where you can pay 10,000 grand for a TV, 
but you never even give 2,000 rand ever into the kingdom of God or for the Lord. For me, it shows that there's something else that is driving you. Yes. Something else that is driving you. I always thought that as a, as a church, we would always, when, when people come and minister, I always thought that we would be on the level of just sowing. We'd be, we're, not, we're not a wealthy church, right? We would be on the level where we sow like just 500 rand for guest speakers and whatever the payment is. But this time around, the Lord said, increase, we must increase our faith. And we must stop sowing 1,000 rand to guest speakers. So when they come, whether we feel that your preaching was nice, or whether they, we must honor them with a thousand rand. And we've been doing that with the guest speakers, of, sometimes of stuff that we don't even have. But we honor them and we sow that into their lives. Because we are expecting people to sow that kind of seed into the church. So what you expect to be sown in, I don't know why I'm on that day. What you expect to be sown into your life, you must also be prepared to sow that into something else. Yes. You can't expect a 10,000 rand seed to come to you and you've only sold 100 rand. But you have the capacity, this is my point, you have the capacity to sow. But because you are a lover of money, you withhold giving. And, 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 and this, is the sad, this is the sad state in the church. You would find out if we put tables outside and we start selling food, I mean, like, money will come out for that food. I tell you something. The rotis and the kebabs and everything and the bunnies and all that. I can guarantee you we'll be able to raise money with, like that. And then you ask yourself the question, but there was a call to sow and there was a call to give into the kingdom of God. Without the kebabs, without the rotis, without the beans, bunnies and, and all of that thing. But it seemed like people were more keen to sow for their bellies rather to sow that the kingdom of God can advance. It's like you sow with the mindset there must be an ulterior uh, a benefit of my giving. If I have to give, there must be something I'm getting and I want to see it tangibly or else I won't. So you think that when you come to church, I feel like I'm, this is the Lord telling me to share this, I tell you. It feels like when you come to church, it looks like it makes no sense to give to the Lord. Because you can't see any return when you exchange your money. You don't see a return. So you think you are, you are doing some an activity that is useless. Because you don't see a return. And we are kind of people that when we want to give, we want to see a return. I remember so caught up with that WhatsApp group thing. Where you sow and then you refer, refer, refer. A lot of people were caught up with that. Because they had the mindset, I am only prepared to give this hundred rand into this group. Because I know that in a couple of weeks from now, I'm going to receive 700 rand. Yes. That's how you, that's how you sow in the house of the Lord. So when you don't see the, ma the material blessing or you don't see an exchange straight away, in your mind you think you are doing something crazy. But God's economics <laughs> or God's financial means of getting money to you, I'm talking about Demas who loves the world. 
of God's financial way of getting money to you. You know how he gets money to you. He tells you lose your money so you can get money. Yes, that's how God gets money to you. It doesn't make sense. How can I give something to get something? Oh, let me hold on to it because I don't want to lose it. Why you can't just give me without, without me giving? God doesn't work like that. That's why people want to reap where they have not sown. Hey, you, I call you like a, I won't say you're a thief, but I call you lazy. You must be able to work the ground in order to receive the harvest. Imagine getting the harvest and you know that you did not even lift a nail for that. And you want to take the credit for it. Like you were responsible for the harvest. Oh, you want. You never even put your fingernail. You were cute with your QTX and, and whatever the case may be. And you never lift up nothing. It's like we, we, do, a, we do a crusade. And everybody's working hard. The guys are eating in the ground, the tent, the pigs, everything. The tent is going up, the frame, everything. The ladies are there, and you come. Hey, so beautiful. Wow. And you want to receive praise for not lifting up your finger. That's devilish. That's, 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 that's wrong, that thing. But that's what we do in the house of God. <laughs> yes, that's what we do in the house of God. God help us, amen. So it is because we love this present world. And I, and I said to you the last time, you become a serious lover of God. You become a serious lover of God. God. Tell your neighbor, you must love God. The Bible says yet that Demas loved the present world. He wasn't a lover of God. He loved the world more. I remember a couple of times, you know, where God would question my love for him. Yes, he'll question me about whether I love him or not. It's a serious thing, like how he came to Peter. Peter, do you love me? Uh, Lord, you know I love you. Then he says, feed my sheep. Hey, Peter, check here, do you love me? Hey, Lord, you know I love you. Feed my sheep. Question Peter again, Peter, do you love me? Do you know there comes a time in your life where God will question your love for him? Yes. Do you love your money more than the Lord? <laughs> I don't know why I'm this here. But do you know that even when you give, it's an indication that you love God? Yes, it's an indication that you are a lover of God. Is that I love you, Lord, that's why I'm giving. I'm not giving because I want you to give me something. The song we sang now, Jesus, you don't know me more than anything that you can do. I just want you. He doesn't owe you nothing. I, we must stop living. <laughs> we must stop living life like God owes us. He doesn't owe you nothing. Rather, you owe him many things. If you, God has to make up a list of the things that you owe him, I think your bill right now is much more than the country's squelets. This country has a lot of squelets. But if you look at your squelets as, as owing God, I think you owe God a lot. 
Remember the time you were sick and you never go to the doctor but God healed you? Oh yes, you owe him, you owe him a doctor's consultation fee and you owe him for that healing. <laughs> if you just, I'm just saying, if you just think about it, we owe God too much. We owe to God too much. But when you are a lover of God, you would realize something that when God wants something from you, it's not because he's trying to punish you in any way. Oh yes, God doesn't want to punish us. When God wants to do something for us, it's not because he's trying to make us suffer. When God tells us to do things, it's because he knows that the blessing of those things that will come to you. Yes, there's a blessing in obedience. Ooh, the only, you only find curses operating in your life is because of your lack of obedience. But there's much blessings in obedience. And you must become a lover of God. When you become a lover of God, these things will be easy for you. Now the thing that you see with Demas was that he was a lover of the world. So it was difficult to love the world and to love the things in this world and to become a lover of God. Yes, it's difficult. You see your desires. That's why I said this morning, those that are single and stuff like that, be careful who you give your love to. Yes. Be careful who you give your love to and be careful who you love. Because it can, it can cause danger in your life rather than a blessing in your life. The person that you love, the person that you give your heart to, the person that you surrender yourself to, it's either that person helps you be pointed to God, pushes you to God, or that person can actually become a weapon in your life, a weapon of mass destruction. And because you are tied, and because you love that which you love, I said this morning, you draw yourself towards. Yes. Anybody love somebody before? You just want to be in your presence all the time, am I right? You draw yourself towards that individual. It's like something's wrong if you don't text. Something's wrong if you don't message. But before you become a lover of any person, you must become first a lover of God. And if you are not a lover of God, you will find out the love that you have for that person is much stronger than the love that you have for God. Hey, I'm telling you something and you don't understand what I'm saying. I'm going to say it again. If you're not a lover of God and you first fall in love with that person, I'm guaranteeing you right now the love that you have for that person will become greater than the love you have for God. I hope you get that. I'm talking about from experience. You must make sure, tell yourself in your heart, in your mind, Kelly, uh, Bella, Tasha, Geronimo, who else is single there? Wendell, you are older than you now, Wendell? 21? Okay, cool, you almost are that age and stuff. Samantha. <laughs> you must tell yourself, I must first become a lover of God, deeply loving God, so much so that when I love somebody else, that love that I have for that person, the moment I see signs of them taking me out of the will of God, because of my love for God more, 
you won't be you won't be trapped you won't be deceived you won't be caught up yes i tell you now i tell you that you won't be caught up why because you are first a lover of god and it would seem like to that person like you don't love them it would seem like to the person that you don't really care for them it's not that you don't really care it's that you have become a lover of god first they will complain and say, hey, you don't spend time with me. Hey, I'm spending time reading my Bible. I'm a lover of God. Yes. I, I see we don't go out anymore. Saturday's evangelism. You can't take me out to the movies. I'm a lover of God. Ah, kaparate kataya. Oh, somebody, I hope you're receiving what I'm trying to say today. You're a lover of God. You must because... It's easy, like we said, the symptom of backsliding. It's easy that when the trials come, when the relationship tests your faith, when that person, the storms come, the financial issues test your faith, it's likely that you would not stand because you are not a lover of God first. The Bible says that Demas deserted me because he was a lover of this world. Hey, ladies... Men, if you see Ina, she's a lover of the world, stay far away from her. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, stay far away. There's nothing wrong with night, wanting the nice things in life. But watch her. Watch her. And see if she loves the Lord more than she loves God. Because it doesn't mean that if they are in church, they love God. Oh yes, oh yes, it doesn't mean that. We've got a lot of sisters that are in church but are not lovers of God. Some come to church loving men. They look in their eyes and wondering, which is my next husband? Where's my next husband? Some brothers come, you think they're lovers of God, but no, they're looking for their next thighs. They're looking for their next mama they can catch. Hey, but no, not in JCMI. We did not come here to look for the next mama. We came here because we're lovers of God, man. I see you've been a lover of God. Hallelujah. Yes, no. no. We never come for all of that. Tell your neighbor, I never come for all of that. If you're looking at me, don't look at me no more. I never come for that. I came because I love God. I'm a lover of God. The Bible says he deserted me because he loved this world. He lusted after this world. He lusted after the finer things. He's like the prodigal son. The prodigal son was in the father's house, received instructions from the father, blessings from the father, but he desired the world. He desired what was out there. And some of us are sitting in church. We come to church, but we desire what's out there. When the secular music plays in the house when no one's watching, you get it down. You're like, you're doing the voice show. And yes, we, we can see that you don't love God. Yes, we, we can see it. When a secular song comes on you, you're singing the song wild. You're moving and you're dancing. You are not a lover of God, man. Yes, we see it. We see it. We see it. He, he was in the Father's house, but the things of the world was attracting him. Yes. You're in the church, but you see the girls outside, they're attracting you. The men are attracting you because you are lover of this world. Oh, mercy, Lord. 
Look at someone and say, mercy, Lord. Ask him, is it, is, it, is it you? Is it you? Maybe it's the sister at the back over there. Are you that one there? Uh, Kelly, are you that one? I'm not sure. Hey! Hey! Yeah, 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 yeah. Love of this world. Huh? Wendell, come here. Come here. Come. Wendell, what did you love in this world? Come tell us. Get a mic for Wendell, please, somebody. Come tell us the things that when you were once in the world, what you love so much. Come quickly, Wendell. Give him a mic, please. Hallelujah. Yes. Come tell us the things that you love so much in the world. Is it on? Yes. We're going to put it on now for you. Just tell us what you loved. Test it. Sorry, let me see. It's not happening for a reason. Don't worry. Hallelujah. Nothing, nothing. Causing us to struggle over here. Amen. Take the next one if you can. Right, so he says, Pastor, to be honest, the first thing I never tell him, the first thing he said that he used to love was curls. It's on, Wendell? Hi, guys. Come on. Come, I help you. Come, I help you. Yo, 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 yo. Try. Is it now? So, so what's the first thing you liked? Curls. They need to hear it. Curls. Curls. What kind of curls you liked? Were they, were they, were they round? Were they fair? Were they small? Were they slender? Any curl? Okay, tell, tell us what you love. I'm not. Tell us what you love. What kind of curls? Wait, wait, hey! Wait, he needs to say that on the mic, right? Tell us what kind. Talk on the mic. Thick girls. Thick girls, yes. What else? Thick girls, yeah. And what else you liked? I like thick girls. Ah, ah, what else I said? You're still on the thick girls. <laughs> What drugs you liked? Mm. Xanax, rock, cocaine. Say, say it on the mic. Don't be scared. Yes, like cocaine, mm. lean. Was okay. Let's give Wendell a hand. Brother Charles, come tell us, Brother Charles. Hallelujah. Come tell us what you liked in this world. I'm trying, I'm trying to establish a certain truth. Watch me. Thank you so much, Wendell. You, you no more nervous? Eh, yes. Tell us, ladies, I'm coming to you. Don't worry. Tell us what you liked in this world. 
Hey, if she wasn't black, she wasn't right. Black and thick, man. Hey! And top. That and was what? my thing. Drink. Drinking. That was my thing. You like them black and thick. And thick. And, 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 and alcohol. And alcohol. Yeah. Hey, yeah, 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 yeah. Something else, huh? Tosha, come tell us, Tosha. Come, 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 come. Yes. And, and be honest with what you love, yeah? Did you touch the mic? Hallelujah. Okay. <laughs> yes. Tosha, I only like alcohol and uh, water. Say, ah, uh, wait, you, what, what you like? And alcohol. What kind? I know it's, it will be re, it will be strange if a woman comes here, and I'm, I'm not saying you in your case that it would be strange if a woman openly, honestly comes here and say, "I love men." Who, which woman? Which woman can say, "I love men"? Okay, I'm gonna call you that. Okay, cool. Go, 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 go. So, you you loved what? Alcohol and poetry. She said she loved alcohol. What kind of alcohol? Hey, what's up, poetry? Mm, Cavino. <laughs> I used to drink vodka only and, and cocktails. Vodka, uh, vodka yes. and cocktails. Yes. And what else? Partying, yes. moving around, yeah, street bashers and everything. Mario's flavor, flavor. Let's give Tosha a hand. Come, Bella. Come tell us, Bella. Come tell us. Hey, you volunteered. You volunteered. Yes. You, you, you volunteered by lifting your hand. Hallelujah. Amen. Yes. I'm going somewhere. Don't worry. <laughs> Bella, tell us what you love, Bella. You, you lifted up your hand while sitting there. Oh, yes. What you loved. Loved. Hey. 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 The berry, the sweeter the juice. The black, the blacker the berry. Ah, first time hearing that statement. And you love to do drugs. Be your own self. Let's give Bella a hand. <laughs> so you see this thing. That's Every one of us loves something. Lilo, it looks like he wants to come and volunteer over here. Oh, okay. <laughs> Every one of us loves something. Why is it so that we are in the church? We are supposed to be lovers of God. And yet our minds are still loving black, sweet, blacker the something, something. Blacker the berry, sweeter. Some of us are sitting in church and we're still lovers of alcohol. Yes. You are supposed to be a lover of God. You are sitting in church and you are a lover of the thick black person. Hey, I tell you something. It is going to draw you away from God. You must become a lover of God first. If you are a lover of God, the alcohol will not take you away. If you of God, the parties will not take you away. If you are a lover of God, the black men will not chase you away. Oh, 
I tell you, sir, if you are a lover of God, drugs will not throw you away. But you first must be a lover of God. You see, the love that we had in the world, we carry it and we bring it into the church. And we don't become lovers of God, we still become lovers of those things. And those things are pulling us away from God. So you're sitting in church, you say you love God, but you love the world still. And when we see our brothers and sisters leaving the church, brothers and sisters falling away, it's a sign to us. They departed from us. They deserted us because they were lovers of the world. Oh yes. They were lovers of something else, but not lovers of God. Become a lover of God. Become somebody that deeply loves God. When you love God, there's so much blessing that you can get. Yes. It's, it's a scary thing when we see people sitting in church. But all they can think about is that man. All they can think about is that woman. All they can think about is when service is ending, I need a scape. I need to smoke my cigarette. Do you know some of you love your cigarette more than you are lovers of God? Oh yes, I'm going to talk about it. You love the guy. You love that morning eye opener. You must smoke. You don't talk to God first. You don't pray first. You're not a lover of God. You love that. And then when God says, surrender that cigarette, it's a challenge. You can't because you are a lover of the cigarettes. How many of us? And be honest, I'm be scared to be honest tonight, okay? Yes. How many of us can say we're lovers of cigarettes? Oh, yes, don't be scared. Some will, some will give the excuse. Some will give the excuse. Hey, I do it when I'm stressed. Yes. Hey, I do it. Hey, there's so much things on my mind. Hey, I smoke when I'm worried. Some mamaris, you say, I like to smoke when I'm cleaning. I must like to smoke when they're cleaning. So you find out that people, even though they are in church and are supposed to be lovers of God, they're lovers of something else. So the Bible says he departed from us because he lasted. He loved this present world. What's in this world that is showing you away from God? What's in this world that is making you feel like your relationship with God is in a disconnect? What is drawing you away from God? Today become a lover of God and stop loving those things and you would automatically see those things not becoming a problem in your life. If you love God dearly, if you want to worship God dearly, if you want to give Him everything and you truly become a lover of God, I can tell you something, your love for those things will slowly walk away. You know that it's easy to fall in love. It's, it's, it's not easy to fall in love. It's a while before you fall in love, right? But do you know you can also fall out of love? Yes. It's when you start loving something else. That's how you fall out of love. Yes. You start loving something else. That's when you start falling out of love. Yes. Because if you still love that thing, 
you are still drawn to that. But if you're loving something else more, you are drawn to that which you love more. So if you are drawn to God and you love God more, your love for anything else will slowly fade away. It will hurt you, it will become tough, it will be difficult, but you are first a lover of God. I hope I'm preaching to some of you tonight. How many of us are deciding to become lovers of God? Amen. So the prodigal son is still there. He loved this world. The scripture says he left his father's house, took his money and he went. The Bible says he went and he wandered his money, spoiled his money. Ricardo, the Bible says he, he started to be in want and need because he thought he was making the right decision by loving this world. I think it is Tupac that sang a song. He says the streets, they got no love. The streets got no? Thank you so much. The streets got no love. So you must do everything. Turn your Bible to 2 Peter 1 verses 4. You must do everything in your power. Tell your neighbor everything. To escape this corruption of this world. 2 Peter 1 verses 4. Are you there? Whereby are given unto us exceedingly great precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. You must escape. We have been given divine promises, divine blessings. His divine nature is living inside. His glory is living on the inside of us. His presence is living on the inside of us. We have the promises of God for our taking. He says because of this, we must escape the corruption that is in this world. And how many of us know that this world is corrupt? How many of us know that the things in this world are corrupt? These days, to get ahead, you must either bribe somebody or pay somebody something. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I was, I'm not going to mention anything. I was doing something the other day. And when I was doing something, somebody comes to me on the corner and he, he puts money inside, tries to put money inside of my hand. But I could sense that he's going to corrupt him. Even though it was as, as an indication of something like a sowing a seed. But I felt like it was corruption. Like, why did you have to go on the corner to give me? Why didn't you put it in an envelope to give me? Why are you doing it so corruptly? Why you couldn't say, because of this, I'm going to give you this. You go on the corner, you put out thick money. How much you want? I felt the corruption in it. And having escaped the corruption of this world, I see you escaping every corrupt deal in Jesus' name. Any corrupt man that has an assignment to come and corrupt your life, ladies, I see you escaping. Any woman that has come to corrupt your life, men, I see you escaping in the mighty name of Jesus. Having escaping the corruption of this world and its lust. 
a divine escape for you. Oh yes, you will not suffer. You will not die suffering. You will escape the suffering of this world. You will escape the lust of this world. You are going to be that person that God ordained. Why? Because you are a lover of God first. This world, this world. I wish the Lord could take me to heaven. Honestly, I must wish to go to heaven. I want to be in heaven. This world. But we have an assignment to preach to this world so that they can become lovers of God. God put you in this world so that you can become a lover of Him in this world. So that's why I'm talking to you like this. Here. So you must become a lover of God. Because if you don't kill the lust and the desires of this world in the beginning, you will find out that as it grows, you will have a problem killing it. Have you ever loved somebody? It's like in the beginning you know that you, you mustn't love. Because if this love grows, you would have a problem letting go of this love. Oh, yes. Yeah. Because when you love, you, you're not in love the first time. You like, really like. But you can see the signs and the signals. Hey, that as for this person here, it's a possibility they might corrupt me. There's a possibility that hey, I might be destroyed. So you don't see the warning signs of actually killing it. That's why uh, I think it's uh, Songs of Solomon that says, don't awaken love before it's time. Yes. So you start to, start to love and you allow it to grow. And when you allow it to grow, that thing that you thought was something nice can become a destruction in your life. That's why I say be careful who you give your love to. Bishop Derek says one day, evangelist kid, there was a baby snake in his yard. He decided that he, he, he felt within his heart that he must take this snake. Did I say a snake? Eh? He must take this snake and he must put it back into the wild. And just throw it. You know how these guys are with snakes? They capture them, throw them back into And they don't realize the same snake they threw is coming back. So he decided as he was about to take this baby snake, a baby snake, not harmless anything. But he says it was like a cobra or something, but baby, I think. So he says he decided he was going to take it back. And on his way back, on his way to take it, the Lord said to him, you'll be making the biggest mistake if you release that back into the bush. He says, because it's now a baby and it's harmless. When it grows and when it's fully developed, it will become deadly and it could kill you. So he says he killed the baby snake. Because his bush and the yard and his yard were too close. He said if he let that snake go into the bush, that snake could come back and could hurt. He said he killed that baby snake. Let, let me, let me, must I read it for you? Let me read it for you. I'm going to find it now. Oh, I hope I'm saying it right. So let me quote. I once saw a baby snake in my garden. It looked very much like an ordinary worm, but it was definitely a snake. So I said to myself, if I don't kill it now, one day it could kill me. I thought it is too dangerous to leave this thing alive. Let me kill it now, I decided. And then he paraphrases. Let me kill it now. Because this thing can kill me. That thing that is growing on the inside of you in its infant stage, 
it's not harmless to you now. The love that you have for somebody is not harmless to you now. But as that love starts to grow, as that love starts to develop, the love that you thought was not harmless becomes deadly for you. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. This present world. Hallelujah. What's our time? I won't be able to continue. For six, I want to pray. What time could we come? Ten for seven around. Quarter for seven. I want to pray. Because I was going to talk to you. I was going to go on and talk to you about bitterness. And how bitterness is an indication that you can also backslide. Because what I spoke to you now about lust. Yes. Bitterness is extremely dangerous. Never ever become bitter. There was a doctor. I'm just going to give you something. There was, there was a, a doctor, Bishop Dad, went to the doctor's room. And in this doctor's room, he noticed that the doctor had one toe. <laughs> Imagine seeing somebody with one toe. You, I'm sure you've got lots of questions in your mind, right? But you wouldn't ask the person with one toe why you got one toe. Because you will feel like it's kind of rude, right? But Bishop Dad, he needed to find out why you got one toe. So he asked the guy. He says, hey, I noticed you got, you got your toes. Oh, sorry. I noticed that your thumb, your, I'm saying your thumb, your big toe, it's off. What happened? He says, no, it wasn't always like this. He says, what happened? Tell me what happened. The doctor, he's telling the doctor. He says, one day I was, I'm diabetic. He says, one day I was in the house and I hit my foot against the furniture. And there was a wound on my furniture. Now, with diabetics, if you know, wounds take very long to heal. And he left his wound for a long time. And his leg started to, his toe started to swell. His foot started to swell up. And it became, they said it became like cancerous. Or they wanted to amputate his whole foot. Because that one hit on the brick or on the furniture, was going to say, that's how I lost my toe. It was either they cut my whole leg off or they take my toe. He said he, he, he chose for them to take his toe now before this disease and before the thing grows where he has to take his whole leg. So he says that bitterness is like that. It's somebody will offend you. Somebody will hit you. And then what happens inside of you? That offense in you starts to grow. And offense becomes cancerous in your life. To the point where you become extreme. Do you know that there are husbands that are bitter to their wives? Do you know that there are wives that are bitter to their husbands? Do you know there are children bitter towards their parents? For parents bitter towards their children? It is not of God. Stop it. Tell your neighbor, stop it. If you bitter, deal with your deal with those wounds. That's why you find out if if in any relationship or in any any marriage, you would find that there was somebody's trust that was broken. Or somebody maybe in the beginning of 
somebody, maybe there was infidelity, or maybe there was something happened in the beginning of the marriage. And even though they married for 10 years, do you know that person carries the wound of what happened 10 years ago into the marriage, or they become bitter. And you wonder why that person, it seems like they don't like their partner. It's because they are carrying a wound or something and some people never yield over that wound so they become bitter they become bitter and bitterness is not something that you should it's very dangerous and deadly because bitterness can lead to even anger and murder yeah? you, you, you can kill somebody if you had an opportunity to be in the room with the person that you are bitter with most of and there was a, and a machete, machete those things, eh? right there in front of you. You'll think about it for a while, but they say this, there's only one way out, <laughs> out of this room. One of you must die. And they're first, but babes, I love you. They say, no, I love you too, but I'll take this machete and I'll take your head off. Why? Because they will cause bitterness and the person is ever ready to hurt you anytime. I'm telling you, ever ready to hurt you anytime. That's why you find out a man that doesn't defend his is wounded by something that she has done or she has bitterness. Somebody talks bad about your wife, Ramon. You don't rise. And how can you talk like that? It means that there's something that she has done to you that has caused you to be silent and not to defend her. Yeah. And even if somebody, for example, somebody comes and talks, because you'll know of the accusations that have been made about us. Well, not about us, about me and the church and such. Let me tell you one of the accusations. One of the accusations is that the, the person says, the people come to church, the young girls come to church, they, the peer, they, sorry, they think their parents are sending them to church, but they are sending them between Pastor Alistair's legs. Hey. That's like one, I'm just giving you one, that's a small one. The others are deep. So he says all the young people, are, they say all the young people are coming between my legs. Can you imagine that they, yes. I feel like giving you more, but I'll stop there, right? So, you understand what I'm saying? So, even in that, if somebody tells you something like that about me, you have to be able to defend. But, but, but some of you, some of you won't defend. Because maybe I said something and you took offense and you were hurt. And maybe you have built bitterness. So, if somebody says that at the... For real? I don't know. True. Tell me more. Tell, say some more. What else you know? Why? Because sometimes I must that you it's like kind of like you're hoping that what they said is actually true. Yes. Hoping that what they said is actually true. Hey, I tell you, that's why Jesus is one of you. 
not all of you. It's just one of you. It's the devil. He didn't say all. He said one. He said, yes, I'm true. He says, but there's one. That's the devil. And I tell you something. The devil can only, the end result of the devil is to hang himself. That's what happened in the scripture. Judas was the devil he was talking about. And Judas did what? You don't need to even, you don't even need to even be talk to Judas. Judas is just uh, uh, digging his own grave. Let him continue to, even in my heart, have not released any curse on anybody or something to anybody that will say, ah, how can I, even though they spoke that, I'm speaking negative over them. Not once, not once have I said, this person here will never be blessed or this person here will never see God or this person here. Nothing. They dig in their own grave. Do you know that one comment Jesus' ministry was accusations. Satan tried everything in his power to destroy Jesus' ministry, but he couldn't. So the final straw of Satan was to accuse him. You're not the son of God. When, they, when he was on the cross, they accused him. Accused him. When accusations come, one comment can destroy your life, I'm telling you. You must be careful what comes out of your mouth because one comment one lady made one comment what do you want and the mother says tell him you want the head of John the Baptist that one comment the head of John the Baptist destroyed John the Baptist's life one comment one comment one comment so be careful of the comments that are made almost be careful of what you take yes you have to be careful you have to be careful but what am I trying to say is that someone was wounded and in bitterness and all these things. And I tell you, if that person, if that person had a machete and I was there, I think that person would kill me. Because of the root of bitterness inside of the individual's heart. Yes. And I tell you something. That, that's how. But bitterness is a sign. You are backsliding. So stop having bitterness inside. I even say bitterness is a sign that you're not a Christian. Yeah, yeah. Don't have bitterness towards people. Amen. But first, you must become lovers of God. You have to become a lover of God. You have to become a lover of God. Because if you're not a lover of God, Lyndon, this world will pull you. Uh, because I was, I think I was talking to you, Pastor Ramon. There's one thing you must be sure of coming to ministry. One thing you must be sure of. You can never ever run away from it. If you're coming into ministry, you must come into it. You're telling yourself, I'm coming into a place where I might not be liked. I'm coming to a place where stories and false accusations will be made about me. So when you say, Lord, use me know that you're coming into that. Yes. Just know that that's what you're coming for. Yes. I tell you something, if not for the Lord, if not for God evangelistic, where would we be? Where would we be? Yeah. 
there's a price to pay. And the thing is that if you are a lover of God, that price won't even be a price. You will gladly pay it. Have you ever paid for something and it wasn't like, even though, you know, when you, even though you never had the money, but you paid for it and you felt like it was a worthy thing to do, you were excited to do it, you were happy to do it. How many of us get the time that day? somebody wanted something and you know you never have the money to really give them and stuff, but you gave them, but it brought you joy. It brought you happiness. You were excited. The child said they needed school shoes. You never have money for the school. You gave your lost money and you gave the child. Somebody said they needed something to eat. You gave your lost hundred rand, but it wasn't like, hey, do I have to give this hundred rand? You know why? Because you are a lover of people. And you don't like to see people suffer. So when somebody comes to you with need, it's the love that you have that's easy to do. So that's why I'm talking to you when you sacrifice, when you think you're sacrificing for God. It's not a sacrifice. It's you do it easily because you love him. Somebody says, hey, you paid a big price for ministry. I never. I think Kelly was talking now. He left this sacrifice. For me, it wasn't a sacrifice. I was happy to do it. Even if, I, even if he had called me and he said you're going to live a life of poverty, I would still do it. I would still do it. Because even when he called me to come into I had no idea how I'm going to be taken care of. Even now, I have no idea. Poverty can come to me tomorrow. All these things can happen almost in an instant. You understand? So there's no prior knowledge of it. But because I'm a lover of God, I don't consider these things sacrifices, man. Hey, I tell you, I don't, Lyndon. I don't. I stop considering him sacred. If he wants it, I'm giving it to him now. You pay the price easy and I'll put a smile on my face. Have you, good example. Have you ever went to a restaurant like KFC or maybe Nando's? You saw the price. It's 300 rand for, for a meal for one person. Have you ever went to a place where you pay like three, 400 rand for a meal? I've been there. Yeah. Don't tell nobody, but I've been there. The menu came out and it was like three, four, three hundred, three hundred. I'm pulling out six, seven hundred for a meal. Go to Spur, you'll find out. <laughs> Spur is extremely expensive. The ribs, the, the ribs and the wings and... If a man has not taken you to Spur, I tell you now, check that man out. Check him out. He must be a dangerous man. Yes, if he hasn't taken you to Spur... Yes. Al-Nur. Please, guys, if you're here and your partner's here, just look and look at them and say, babes, take me to spa, please. I, I need to go to spa. I need to go to spa. Take me to spa. Don't take me to spa. Take me to spa. Yes. Yes, I want to I wanna taste the ribs, babes. I want to taste the ribs. I want to taste those hot wings. Yes. And there by spur, they give you starters. So I, I want to enjoy starters first. And then I want to have the meal. Sometimes the starters is like nachos. You know nachos? It's like with like Dorito chips or cheese. Hey, I tell you something. Say, babe, take me to spur. Or even John Dory saw some sushi or something. 
Yes, I don't eat sushi, so it's okay. Yeah. So you understand what I'm saying? And when that bill comes, the man's not thinking in his mind. Hey, the shit busted me so much. Me, I'm a game. All my crap is gone. You're not thinking about that. You're glad that you took the one you love out. You are blind to that bill over there. You give the lady the card with a smile. Yeah. How much is your tip? And you even put it. You want to impress the girl you with, so you even put a 10% tip. And because you want to impress the person, you don't consider the price that you pay. Because you were glad because of the person that you loved. Even if they never finished their meal. Even if they only ate the salad and the chicken. And you don't care. Have you been to a place where the people don't drink their, their cool drink finish? The cool drink is 43 rand. 43 rand and you're not finishing your drink? It's a, the thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, we like, yeah. Have you ever been like that, Sister Melissa? You see the people look at the, and they're not finishing their drink. I can never. I paid 43 rand for this. I could have bought two, two liters. And I'm getting a cloth. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? So you, like, you have to finish it. Babes, I never bring you here to act. <laughs> Maybe the first date you keep quiet. The second date you like. Never bring you here to act. Eat your food. <laughs> yes. You, you follow what I'm trying to say? You gladly, even though we were laughing, but you gladly do it. You take out their wallet. How much? Okay, cool. You don't even talk about going arms. Why? Because you love this person so much. Yes. You can't put a price tag to it. But why is it? That when we talk about loving God, you feel like there's a price tag to it. You feel like that girl, if you let her go, it's going to cost you everything. That boy, if you let him go, it's going to cost you everything. That job, if you let her go, it's going to cost you everything. The drugs, if you let her go, it's going to cost you everything. The alcohol, if you let her go, the world, if you let the world go, why do you feel like it will cost you everything? Because you don't love God. You know what I love about God? Because when you love somebody and they tell you that this is what they want from you, you have to do it. You do it. He tells run my board. What you do? You run my board. I saw she was cutting your hair. You were doing the nails. That's that. You were doing the nails, yes. I hear, I hear. You would win a hair. You gladly do it. Yes, because he loves. He doesn't see it as a price. Because he loves. But you, when it comes to your relationship with God, when God wants something from you, hey, Lord. Hey, some of us are even struggling to give God. God says, throw away your secular music. You're struggling with that. On your phone, you got worship, but you got secular music hiding there. And that's why to the point where even when people take your phone, you get nervous. And you make sure you put the playlist on so it doesn't go to any other folder. 
Yes, it doesn't cause any other fault. Let me, let me help you. Song skips. You might hear something. Turn off the lights. Let's light a candle. And you worry that imagine in an open air, pastor's asking for your phone to play music, and then the next song is turn off the lights. In an open air, where we're supposed to play, so you So your secular music is hard. Yes. Do you love God, church? Are you lovers of God? Hey, I tell you something. You know, <laughs> oh, this pastor is coming for you, I'll tell you. Some of you, your conversations on WhatsApp, God has told you long time. Look at me, long time, Lyndon. You don't have a phone, huh? Yes, you use your mother's phone, huh? Or you don't? Cool. So God has told you long time to do delete, 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 delete. Hey no. Hey no. Hey no. Some of us, some of us go through our galleries on our phone. Some people will eyes will open at this. Can I ask you a question? Who's brave enough to give somebody their phone to go through their gallery? Hey, anytime, 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 anytime. I, you, some of you are like, okay, but there might be screenshots that were sent to you. <laughs> what Charles said? <laughs> She's not getting what you She do that test there. We should do a test. <laughs> some of the WhatsApp chats. <laughs> Amen. You understand what I'm saying? I was, I was watching on Facebook the other day where they would bring a couple. And they would say, let's test how much you already love each other and how true you are to each other. Exchange phones. So the guy goes to the phone. Who's Brian? <laughs> Who's Brian? Let's call him. No, it's a friend from work. Okay, let's call him. Brian. Hello, Brian answers. Hello, babes. How are you doing? I'll be thinking of calling you. Hey! What you mean now the guy's talking? What you mean, hello, babes, who are you? But she didn't, she didn't confess, right? <laughs> it's something else. So I'm asking you this question, Brother Emmanuel. Are you a lover of God? Look at your neighbor and say, are you a lover of God? So if you are a lover of God, if God says to me, I must let you go, will you let me go? If God says to you, stop that, will you stop it? I can guarantee you, some of us, yes, pastor. Pastor, most of us, yes, pastor. But to execute that yes is a big problem for you. But you are a lover of God. Brother Ike, you said, do you love me? Lushane, is that you? Hey, bless you, Lushane. How are you doing? Good, 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 good. Nice to see Lushane. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand for Lushane. Amen. So the question would really be this, is that Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. Feed 
my sheep. Are you a lover of God? I can tell you something, last point. If you are a lover of God, it will be difficult, Geronimo, to fall away and to backslide. So develop a deep love for God first. Let every other love fall away. Let every eye and every eye close. The song we sing, I love you, I love you, I love you. I love you, I love you. Thank you. And I wave of love is coming into your life. You are falling in love with God more and more and more and more and more. So tonight you are coming to make a sacrificial prayer. You are coming to say, Lord, I love you and I'm willing to give it up. Lord, I love you if you require this, I'm willing to give you. Lord, I love you. If you require me to stop this, I'll stop it. Because I love you. Do you really love the Lord? Do you really love the Lord? Young people, do you really love the Lord? The Bible says, Demias departed from the faith. He departed from Paul because he loved this world. You have departed from God. You have departed from the promises of God. You have departed from the blessings of God. You have departed from what God will do in your life because you loved something. You might have loved a woman. You might have loved a man. You might have loved drugs. You might have loved alcohol. You might have loved parties. Whatever you have loved has caused you to depart from God. But today, you are saying, God, help me become a lover of God and release fresh fire in my life. If you are here today, and you are saying that, you see, for those that are married, Paul said something so powerful. He says that when you get married, your love for God is now divided. And then in, there's another verse, I think it's in Corinthians, he says, those that are live their lives as though they are not married. Because they understood that when your love for your partner interfere with your love God. And that's what happens, even those that are not married, that's what happens to some of us. Our love for the people that we are with interferes with our love for God. And today, you are becoming a lover of God. If you are here in this place, play some instrumental music. We got like 50. If you are in this place today, 
and you're saying, Pastor, I have lost my love for God. Pastor, I have lost my love for the things of God. But today I want to become a lover of God. I want to go back to that first love. I want to go back to that place where it was all about Him and nothing else. I want to go back where I could tell people about my faith. But Pastor, I've been distracted lately. There's things that I feel like I'm attracted to. There's things that I feel that I'm drawn to. There's things that I feel that I desire. There's things that I feel that I desire more. But I want to become a lover of God. I want to love God with everything that I have. I want to love God with my life. If you are here today and you're saying, Pastor, that's me. And I need the fire of God to be restored in my life. I want you very quickly, wherever you are, just get up from your chair and come to the front. And I'll pray with you. Pastor, I want to be a lover of God.